Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. We have a great show in store for you today, and we're going to be talking all about the digital transformation. But first, I really want to remind you to subscribe to our 365 e-newsletter, and this help you stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting the construction industry. And if you haven't looked at our 365 e-newsletter lately, it covers topics as fleet maintenance, earth-moving equipment, construction trends, and even work zone safety. So you can do that by visiting ConExpo, ConAg, dot com slash subscribe. But today on our show, we're going to be talking all about the digital transformation in the construction industry. Digital transformation is the change associated with the use of digital technology in areas of business. Now, if you think about it, for the construction industry, this means in the office all the way to the job site. In the office, we're seeing process changes such as building information modeling, and this is extending all the way to the work performed out to the job site. Now, in the field, we're also seeing other emerging technologies such as big data, artificial intelligence, I think you've heard me talk about telematics, RFID, radio frequency identification, robotics, and there's so much more we can talk about. And these advances are boosting productivity, improving project delivery, and it's also reducing the reliance on unskilled labor. All of this encompasses the digital transformation that is happening in our construction industry. So today we're going to dive right into this topic and we will specifically focus on helping our teams get ready for the change. And as always, we have a great guest on the show for today. And I would like you to join me in welcoming Claire Rutkowski, the Chief Information Officer at Bentley Systems. Claire, welcome to the show. Hey, Peggy. Good to be here. Now, Claire, we've talked so many times before about what's going on in the marketplace and all the trends you see, but I think there's a lot of things happening in our industry. So I guess from your perspective, what do you see at Bentley that's really happening, that's changing today? Wow. That's a big question, isn't it? It's yeah. It's hard to know where to begin. I think, you know, as you said in your introduction, there's so much happening uh, whether it's BIM or the application of artificial intelligence and using all sorts of new tools and applying them to the way we work. It's really not unlike uh, the Industrial Revolution, right, of the Victorian times when we think about all the change that people have gone through when things were mechanized. We're now in a period where things are becoming digitized. And I look at it as sort of three different phases. Over the last 30 years, it's not like we woke up today and all of a sudden we're in a digital transformation time. Uh, I think we started with digitization. And that's where, you know, we made physical assets into digital assets. Think of things like microfiche, right, and CAD. And then we went into digitalization where we replaced manual processes with digital processes, like looking at drawings on an iPad and having them with us. But now... Really, truly, in the last 10, 15 years, I'd say we've moved into that digital transformation age in which we're changing how we work. It's not just that we're doing things faster or in a more automated way, but we're actually changing sort of what we do. And if you look at 
something outside of our industry, like Amazon experimenting with grocery stores where you don't even check out. You just stick the stuff in your cart and walk out the door because it's all it's all uh, automated and tied together. That's amazing. That changes the shopping experience. And I think there's lots of analogies we could draw to our own industry. But one thing that I do think is is important for us to know is that we are behind other industries. That's why I like to look at other industries and see what they're doing. In 2016, uh, McKinsey released a study called Imagining Construction's Digital Future. I'm sure you and most of our listeners are familiar with it. They showed a chart. They, they rated all kinds of industries like real estate, mining, and oil and gas, and retail, uh, and they looked at all their business processes like onboarding and recruiting and sales and just how they do things. They rated them on their degree of digital transformation, red, yellow, green. Uh, and not surprisingly, things like uh, information, communication, and technology companies came out on top, green across the board, looking pretty good. But construction came in second to last, which was so sad. We only beat agriculture. So that was pretty bad, and I think that tells us that although things are changing and we are in an age of digital transformation, we still have a ways to go. And that's an interesting point because McKinsey showed our productivity in uh, projects are always behind. And, and you made some interesting points there because when we look at digital transformation, how we work, what we do, those things, and then you tie it to McKinsey's report, why are we then behind? Because that's really because projects are where we get killed, and that's what McKinsey was telling us. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think we're we're an industry that's full of really smart people. So it's not like we can't understand the technology and figure out how to apply it. I think we do lots of amazing creative things in our industry. But the reality is we're involved in many long-term capital projects, right? And so in some cases I think the owners mandate the way that we're going to do things and the technology that we're going to use. Uh, and so there's less freedom there. We're also, I think, as an industry overall, feeling pressure on our profit margins, and it makes investing in change difficult, right? Most of us don't have massive R&D funds uh, that we can call upon to try and do things in a different way. We try to create change on the back of a project, and so finding the right project to do that on can be difficult. So that's a great point as well, because if you have these capital projects and you have owners mandating what has to be done and you have all these pressures and pressures sometimes result in what we think about injuries at the job site. And we talk about all this and safety is always foremost on our mind. What now is driving all this change for this digital transformation? We know we talk about the Internet of Things. We talk about augmented reality. We talk about all these things that are augmenting this market growth, right? And we see it and we see that now when we look at this global transformation, I think there's numbers that we talk about. It's almost over 19% that's going to be from 2016 to 2021. I mean, it's really significant numbers. What is really going to drive this now? Because we have to see growth or we're always going to be lagging. That's exactly right. Well, pressure, the pressures that we talked about that that cause us to lag and hold us back in terms of investment and projects can also be pressures that if they get 
strong enough and fierce enough can help drive change. If you look at, you know, I think there's there's a lot of pressures on our industry. We we know the growth of China in terms of Chinese company representation in the ENR top 150 or even the top 500. You definitely see China absolutely coming to the fore. And I think that China has depths and pits of money, right? They've bottomless pits of funding and can underbid an economies of scale that we can't compete with. That is going to force us to change. If we if we can't come up with the money, we have to find more efficient and effective ways of doing things. And I think another thing that we're seeing across the board is consolidation, right? We see companies merging, acquiring other companies because they need to be able to compete on a global scale with companies as big as some of those coming out of China or because they are just trying to globalize, right? There's lots of different reasons as well in terms of employee ownership, that profit margin reduction, that squeeze that we were talking about. I think that drives some of the consolidation in the industry. The good thing about consolidation in the industry uh, is that it does give companies, I think, more funding to help free up cash for innovation. So I think these things are interrelated, right? I think we also have um, an industry trend around convergence, not just in companies converging, but also across the information life cycle of a project, right? I mean, we, we used to think about things in terms of design, bid, build, et cetera, and those processes are coming together much more. Uh, we see information sharing across the processes. We see disciplines communicating more. That has to push innovation. And I think another thing, if we if we step back and look sort of at the at the global mega trend, there's a huge trend towards urbanization, right? There are 200,000 people. This number just blows my mind every time I say it out loud. 200,000 people move from a rural area to an urban area every single day. That is crazy. And when you think about those 200,000 people, they need food, they need shelter, they need clean water. Uh, they need all of the infrastructure that we've come to expect in terms of roads and transportation and hospitals. That is a massive demand on our industry, but it's also a massive opportunity, right? And so that, I think, is something that will push us into changing. That's industry sort of global megatrends, I think, is one thing that, yes, it can create barriers to change, but it can also free up cash and create a lot of opportunities for change. I think another thing you already touched on, Peggy, and that's the availability of new technology, right? There are ways that we can change now and new things coming out all the time. It used to be that 3D printing a small model of a design was like the coolest thing out there, right? You could take a little tiny 3D printed office building and show it to a potential customer. But now we can see companies that are 3D printing entire actual houses to try and solve this urbanization problem. We see all kinds of new materials that are available, like water-absorbing roof mats to keep air conditioning costs down, or self-healing concrete, all kinds of stuff. And people are experimenting with these new materials. And people are applying technology to Things at the job site. You talked about BIM. We we also see a lot of the use of drones so that we can measure progress at the job site, take surveys, and get pictures where it's not safe for a human to do so. So I think there's lots of ways that we can take the new technology and apply it. And then the third thing I think that's really saying why now, why change, is because we've seen in other industries disruptors come in 
and completely change the industry. And I think the seminal example of that is probably Uber and what Uber has done to the taxi driving industry. It's a completely different model now. It's a completely different industry. And it came from outside the industry. And I think we're all aware that that could just as easily happen to us. So it's important for us to make a change. So when you look at all of these transformative things you just described, you went from materials to things we don't know, this this unknown kind of thing that could come in there. Are we talking about in this consolidation you mentioned, the design, build, bid, you know, BIM, all of these things we're talking about, 3D, when we put it all together, how do you have the teams that come together and say, how do we manage it? How do we work with it? How do we deal with the unskilled labor workforce that we have that has to be able to be equipped to manage this transformation that's taking over our job sites? Yeah. I think the first thing we have to do is is figure out, do we want to be a follower or a leader? If we want to be a follower then I think in some ways we take a different tack in how we manage and enable change in our organizations than we do if we want to be a leader. If we decide we want to be a leader, the first thing we have to do before we even worry about how we get people through the change is figure out what we want to change. So we need to look at are we going to go through continuous improvement of a tweak here and a tweak there and I'm going to just improve this process a little bit or do we want to help drive dramatic change? Because you take different approaches depending on how big that leap is you're making, right? Now, as a CIO, I tend to look at digital transformation in terms of the company itself. So when I look at digital transformation, I'm looking at how can I empower our employees and colleagues? How can I engage customers? How can I optimize operations within the sphere of the company that I'm working for, Bentley, of course, and then how can we contribute to transforming our products? But if we want to take it away from a CIO lens and look more at across the company and across the industry, I think then we have a lot of choice. And it is hard to know where to start in terms of identifying what we want to change and how much we want to change it to then back into how we help our people change. The World Economic Forum did a study, uh, and they looked at our industry specifically, and I would imagine many people have looked at their studies. Uh, and they looked at, okay, well, specifically for construction, what do we need to do? And they put together this whole framework, and they looked at it at the company level, at the sector level, uh, and, of course, then at the government level. And at the company level, they said, all right, well, look, here's some things you really have to do. You have to look at your processes. Are you using lean construction management methods? Are you employing balanced risk sharing? Are you sort of front-loading the design and project planning? Are you using the right strategy? Are you using joint ventures to help spread some of that risk and share the cost of innovation? Uh, are you using sustainable products? And for your people, are you providing continuous training, right? And are you getting people ready to change? And we can, we'll come back to that when we talk about how do we actually do that. Uh, and then they also talked about 3D printing, big data, some of the stuff we've already talked about. At the sector level, the World Economic Forum suggests that we focus more on collaborating across companies, which I think is interesting and it's sometimes difficult for people to do, but we really have to partner more because together we are stronger. And at the government level, 
we can drive a whole different degree of change by funding R&D at a national level with, with much deeper pockets, right, and harmonizing building codes and standards and streamlining permitting processes to try and make the use of technology easier. So there's just, it's sort of like a huge buffet of things to pick from. And I, and I do think it's difficult sometimes to, to pick and to know where to start. But I think you have to start with, am I big enough and, and comfortable enough with risk that I want to be a leader? Or do I prefer to be a follower? And, and, and it depends what you're trying to get out of it. Again, your comfort level with risk, how much money you have to invest, and what your strategy is for your company. So you really have a lot of obstacles there. And then you have to kind of decide what you just described in some ways with government and public and private. You've got those public-private partnerships that have to be arranged. And so depending on your size, whether you're small, medium, or a large enterprise, you have a lot of things you have to kind of overcome. There's a lot of obstacles there that you're facing, yet there's a lot of opportunities is what you just described. That's exactly right. I prefer to think of them as opportunities, not obstacles, because I, I do think that, that if you can figure out a way to pick either the right technology or the right process or the right outcome to focus on, and you can get there before your competitors, that is a massive opportunity for you, and it's a massive opportunity for our industry as a whole. We really don't have, I think, um, a lack of things to choose from. It's just choosing wisely. Uh, and then, of course, helping our teams to get through the changes because the people side of change is generally the hardest. I think the funding and the technology and the process, we can get over all of that. It's the people. <laughs> well, that's a good point because change is always hard for people. So how do you get the people at the job site people in the office, and then you have to change. Let's even go to that owner because you started this conversation by saying the owner is actually the one that's dictating a lot of things. So there's there's three layers to this and probably even more. But when we think about it, there's a lot of different people you have to influence and change mindsets along the way when you talk about digital transformation. That's exactly right. And it's it's interesting because I think digital transformation, we immediately go to technology, and we immediately think of technology. When we talked um, at the beginning of our chat about industrial revolution, right, I know for me the first thing that pops into my mind is big, giant, mechanized looms and machines, <laughs> right? Yeah. We go to the tangible, physical representation of that change, and we forget about the change for the people. If you think about the Industrial Revolution during the Victorian times, massive social change. It wasn't really just about the mechanization of of the creative process and production. It wasn't about that. It was also about massive societal change. And And for us, digital transformation is not any different. We think about the technology, but but we forget about the massive changes to the people. And we do see that people are... They're fatigued. You do, there is such a thing as change fatigue. I think people are tired, right? So that's just one of, one of the obstacles to change in, in, on the people side, I think, is that people are tired. Typical organizations done five enterprise level major changes in the last three years, according to CEB. So it could be an M&A. It could be taking out an enterprise resource planning tool and replacing it with something else. But, but there have been major changes. Could be restructuring, could be anything. And so 
this all that change curve to go through, having to do that five times in the last three years, the last thing people want is another change, right? And so that fatigue, it affects you in a couple of different ways as a company. It affects you because people are stressed, they're tired, that creates a dip in performance, right? And plus then, of course, you've got the cost of the change itself. Uh, so it definitely has a hard impact, I think, on your bottom line. And we have to get better at how we manage change. It's tricky, though, because we're people. So I think there's some things that we we really have to rethink. You know, I and this is hard for me to say because I used to be a huge proponent of change enablement and change management programs. Biggest advocate there is out there for things like um, ADCAR by ProSci and, and other methods of managing change as a project. You know, Peggy, you know me. I'm a project manager by background, project manager by trade. I'm a firm believer that if I can plan it, I can make it happen. But what we're seeing now with so much change around us all the time is that that, that doesn't actually hold true anymore. You You kind of can't manage people through digital transformation as a project because it isn't a project. There is no start and stop. There's no beginning and ending. It's a constant thing. We we all hear all the time, well, the one thing that's constant now is change. So you can't apply all the old rules of, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to create awareness, and then I'm going to get people to really want the change, and then I'm going to explain why, and then I'm going to deliver a training program. That just doesn't work anymore because it takes too long, and people have all this other change swirling around in in the back of their minds from the rest of their life. So you have to take a completely different approach, and that's hard for people. But we have to do it. We have to change how we manage it. And I think one of the major ways we do that is by getting people to be more adaptable to change so that change isn't an event. It's not like this three-month program that we start and stop. It's something that they're ready for at all times. But it's hard. It's hard, right? I mean, when you look at the ready for it, but you just said there's fatigue. So you have to get them to see that it's a pro, it's, it's a constant process, right? It's, it's just always there. And this is a part of what construction is going to always be about because construction has to be the leader to make all this digital transformation occur. Well, that's exactly right. But I think it can be done. It's interesting, you know, a, a CEB, it was CEB again, did an adaptability study last year. And they asked people, how comfortable are you with change in your personal life? And how comfortable are you with change in your work life? And very interestingly, two completely different answers. In people's personal lives, people said 43% of the people said that their personal life, they were very comfortable with change. Totally fine with it. And, of course, then, you know, it's like a bell curve, right? So you got the people who are totally fine with it and then trailing off that, the people who absolutely are resistant to change and then the people who embrace it. In work, it was 20%, 21% actually. So it was less than half, which I find fascinating. Why are we much more comfortable with change in our personal life than in our work life? I think over time as people's work and personal lives converge, I'd, I'd be really interested to see that same survey done five years from now because I think what we'll find is that the numbers come much closer together. So people can get used to change and expect change and get comfortable with change in their personal life. We just have to get them there in their work life too. 
Well, I'll tell you, Claire, I've enjoyed this conversation. I think you've helped all of our listeners learn a whole lot more about what they need to do in their companies and as leaders. And that's what we need to do in the construction industry. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Well, you just heard Claire Rutkowski, who's the Chief Information Officer at Bentley Systems, tell us what we need to do right here in this digital transformation that's really happening in the construction industry. And it's really time to get our teams ready for this shift that's going to be continuous. It's not just going to be happening all of a sudden. So I really like that. And so I hope you've really gained some really great insights into this podcast today. I know I certainly did. So again, Claire, thank you so much for all this time today. Well, we're out of time right now. Stay up to date on on the technologies and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. You can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.